0: Hello and welcome everyone my name is Desi and this is the Ace in the Wild podcast and today I am with a special guest. We have been talking about this podcast episode for a while now and I'm very excited. It has been a challenge getting the audio set up but more or less we have figured it out we are using OBS. Hopefully that will convert well over to the audio format. If it doesn't, then oh well, I'll put it on YouTube and we'll move from there. This is going to be different from my other audio or my other podcast episodes because there probably will be a fair amount of profanity. This will not be a PG episode. This will have a lot of... Not if I'm here. (laughs) Not if he's here. Viewer discretion is advised. You have been warned and we're getting into it. But first, I would like to introduce my guest. My friend Diana is here, and I've known Diana for about six months now, I think. And at this point, I will give my guest the floor to introduce herself.
1: I think we're getting close to a year of knowing each other. Um, I think it's I I, I feel like in the time span of which we see actually see one another and hang out um, because we live like an hour and a half away from one another. um, You know, I think it's I think it's close to a year. But my perception is, like, dog time. Like, (laughs) I could think something was, like, six months ago, and it was actually, like, a couple weeks ago. And then I'm like, oh, well, shit, okay. Um, But, yeah, hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Diana. Um, I am a trans woman who has lived in Washington State uh, for most of their life. Um, And... (laughs) Just to kind of start everything off, because we were dealing with a whole bunch of shenanigans uh, <laughs> before we could actually get some recording, is I think I know why they call it OBS now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's OBS! Like, what the hell? Why did this take so long? I think it took us almost exactly 57 minutes to get this shit running properly. And I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy we actually got it running um so yeah thanks for having me on your podcast
0: my pleasure it's it's kind of interesting how i met diana um we were used we're i was using that abominable app bumble that i have talked about i think i've mentioned it in this podcast before in the dating episode about yeah. how like awful it is to use and that's actually going to be one of the things we talk about a bit today is just meeting people and just having people kind of flake out on us but i was fortunate with diana diana was a diamond in the rough because i actually got to meet went to meet her i got an awesome bamboo plant that's that's thriving in my backyard right now and we kept in contact and we have all we've been telling each other all these juicy stories and i'm just so grateful to have met diana and to like have forged a new friendship um, my best friend is all the way over in Germany right now, the one that I met a couple of years ago. My other friend. My friend, for like 10 years, got married, and all of a sudden he didn't have any time, and he also kind of conserved it to a conservative. That's so, a whole
1: other cup of tea.
0: like, I don't know what it is. I think he just wants his grand Oh my gosh. If he actually ever listens to this episode, I'm going to get freaking crucified. So maybe I should be a little bit more. <laughs> <You're> like,
1: <laughs> hey, TSA to the homie listen out there?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too. Is like, I know I have some listeners, but what if my podcast gets like. I mean, this will never happen. You never know. But what if my podcast gets like nationally syndicated one day and people just hear me talking shit about my old friends on here. And it's just like, well, I don't know. That guy freaking ghosted me. I mean, it's like I went to his wedding and everything else like that. And like, I know I could do more on my part. But at the same time, it's just like with who I am now and who he is, I just don't know if we're like that compatible anymore. So it's just I really need to find – I have gone through my regrowth, my um you know, I had a term, I had a really cool term for my uh my butterfly phase. I'm in my butterfly phase now. I finally like like that. Yes, I've I've come out of the cocoon. I'm no longer living a lie. I'm no longer trying to pretend who I am. I am who I am. I've embraced it. There's challenges, obviously, that come along with that, but this is my butterfly arc. That's the term that I like to use. And I just, I need friends who see me and appreciate for me for who I am and don't give me, like, I don't need people, like, in my previous life of saying, oh, asexual, that doesn't even fucking exist. I don't believe that exists. You're just making that up. And that's what my, one of my previous friends did. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, you catcalled back when we were 19 or something like that, which I've never fucking catcalled in my life. And he's just, very nineties. yeah, yeah, it's just, but whatever. I mean, he was a good friend for a while. He, I mean, maybe one day we'll rekindle it. Who knows? I mean, he's probably going to, I don't know if he's going to need to make a bunch of changes or whatever, but him and his current state and given our past relationship, you know what? I'm going to get right into the flake thing. I'm going to get right into it. Right. Because
1: take it away. I got shit to say too.
0: This man, when we would have disagreements, and we had a lot of them, and a lot of them were my fault because back in my 20s, I was a depressed alcoholic, and I would start shit because I just was like, oh, okay, well, you're spending time with all these other people. You know, you say you love me like a brother or whatever, and you're spending time with these toxic ass people. And then, of course, once he gets a girlfriend, I become fucking chopped liver. I become chopped stinking liver with onions. And I see him maybe once a month when I used to, or once, you know, a handful of times a year compared to, like, twice a month once he gets a girlfriend. I just, I hate that. Like, I don't know if it's just men. I've talked about this before a little bit, but once they get in relationships, straight men, I don't know, gay men might be the same way, but gay men are a whole different fucking can of worms. I'm sure we'll get into that.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my goodness.
0: Once he got a girlfriend, I just became i and I was upset about this obviously and i whenever we had disagreements, instead of like trying to talk it through or work it out, he would just ghost me for months at a time um, uh. I remember one time after a concert we went to like in 2017 I didn't hear from him for like 6 fucking months and even though I was like hey you know I've been I'm over by your house you want to hang out whatever he just wouldn't fucking call me and then all of a sudden one day I guess he recovered from my bullshit he's like oh hi oh how are you do- how's how are things going does let's hang out it's just like okay we're just going to ignore that fucking 6 months that you just flat out ghosted me
1: oh god yeah you know um I I have a lot of very similar experiences, um, not just with men, too. I mean, people all over the gender spectrum. And I think it's I think at least for me personally, where I, I'm at in my own development and my understanding of, you know, interactive social relationships um, is that it is There's a lot of societal pressure um, because I want to I want to touch on the relationship bit um, specifically here for a second. And this is just my experience. You know, everyone, I'm sure, has drastically different or maybe somewhat similar experiences as to my own personally. Um, But there is a lot of really serious programming that I experienced as a young person. Um, And this is coming from somebody who grew up in a family with, you know, my parents were both bisexual and pagan uh and they were poly um and so i grew up very non-traditional in terms of family dynamics um you know like my dad had partners who i would see and whatnot but for a lot of people um in america that i've experienced um it's it's that very compact sort of mindset where once you find a partner There's this whole phase of, you know, figuring out whether or not they're going to be a nesting partner, if you guys are going to live together, you know, um, and I, I really think a lot of it has to do with the kind of older mindset of once you have a partner, you settle down, and that what that means can be very different for a lot of people, but from my experience, when people find those primaries, Um, A lot of time, there's a lot of people in their lives who get cut out and I've definitely been part of that percentage of people (laughs) Um, where it's just like, God damn, like I heard that you got in a relationship, like you told me you were super happy and I didn't see you for eight months. (laughs) Um, And then you've got all these stories about, oh my God, there were this, there were this crazy manipulative person and blah, 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 blah. And it keeps happening. And after a while, you know, I knew somebody for probably the better part of 10 years. Um, and this man would just disappear. He would, he would find some attractive, you know, very sexually compatible person. Um, and he would just, like, drop off the face of the fucking map. Um, and I, I was always like, what? Like, we, were, we used to hang out a couple times a week you know and we didn't even have to be doing anything you know we'd just be at the house playing video games listening to music exchanging you know podcasts and shit that we've been hearing you know talking about the tea and the drama but like it would there would be these, these huge pieces of silence that i don't know i mean i think it's i think a lot of it has to do with the societal thing especially if we're talking specifically about straight men um you know because there's that whole Building the home, finding somebody, if you're going a little bit older, traditionally, you know, finding somebody who's going to be at home while you're at work doing the thing. Um, and so the, the two kind of phases that you have in your day are being with your partner and then being at work. Um, and I mean, I've experienced a little bit of that personally since I've lived with a number of my partners. Um, one of them whom I, I lived with for three years. um but we also had a very active social life, um, individually and together as a couple. And so I know that there are you know, there are outliers, but I'm, I'm always so curious about like what the driving factor is behind that kind of like isol- isolationist mindset when you find yourself in a relationship where you just kind of shut off the exterior world, and that's, that's all you're really f- focusing on. Um and I've never really had somebody be able to explain it to me either. Um so yeah, there's there's my little spiel on that.
0: Yeah, and the th- the thing is is I've noticed too with straight men is and we've talked about this before Is I don't think Mm -hmm. that they know how to have the same quality of relationships that women typically do, because if you notice, like women friends are, they're a lot more expressive with each other. It seems they're a lot closer. Their conversations more. I'm not saying this applies to all, but it seems as a general rule, and especially with my female friends, and with you, for instance, it's like I can talk to you about anything. We can hold hands. Same with my friend Esther and. It's just, you, you know, ha- being able to sit down and really talk about what's troubling you. And I just, I feel like men just aren't able to, I don't know if it's a vulnerability thing. If it's pro- It definitely has to do with toxic masculinity. And when they get a relationship with a woman, and I've heard this multiple sources, that is their first true experience of having an emotional bond with somebody to having a partner, a female partner, man, a, a cishet men having a female partner, that's their first true bond. And they're they getting all this attention and love and nurturing that they never really had from anyone else outside of like their own mom. And <laughs> that kind of feeds into the old stereotype that men try to marry their mothers because that's the only person in their life is given them that sort of attention and love. They didn't get it from their fathers, and they certainly didn't get it from their male friends. And once they have that, it's what they crave. And I think that is part of the reason why when men are faced with divorce, they're primarily the ones trying to keep it together so bad because they're just like, oh, I'm going to lose this connection that I've never had before. Even though I've been neglectful, I've fucked around, I've cheated or whatever, I don't want to lose this. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, especially when when you factor in the societal pressures that men uh specifically men um and in a lot of my experience uh white men um is that is it i think it really relates into what you were saying where it's like they they're not shown how to have emotionally in-depth relationships with people who they're not fucking um you know because there's There's a lot of pressure to act a certain way and to perform and show up in space uh, in a certain way. And I mean, I grew up with a little bit of that, you know, even though my parents were very non-traditional, you know, but it was more of like being invested in the family, being invested in community, you know, having a purpose. Um, And I think that that's, you know, out of all of my, um, because I've had many, many, many very deep friendships um with <laughs> many different kinds of men in my life and i'm 28 um and I've, I've always been a very very social person um but i think there's this this huge driving core fundament of having purpose um you know what i mean and for some people that's like making money uh for some people that's you know having lots of sex um for some people, it's having lots of um, social ex- uh, social excursions, you know, going out with the boys, doing shit. Um, but it's it, it, it's it makes me sad to know that there is and there has been for a very long time this like, if you don't have a purpose, then your life doesn't have meaning. If that makes any sense, Um, and I've known a lot of guys who are the absolute best versions of themselves. You know, they're they're wonderful. They're caring. They're kind. They're compassionate with their partners. Um, But if something goes wrong in the partnership, um, they just kind of fall apart, Um, and it you know, I think there's a lot to, there's a lot to be said about like, um, fragile masculinity and just kind of being fragile in general and not really knowing how to, how to cope with that, you know, how to be able to deal with those kinds of experiences. Um, and, you know, I mean, shit, the only thing that we could do from the outside is be like, Hey, um, we still love you. You know, we still appreciate you. Um, and (laughs) we'd like to see you around more. Um, but you know there's there's only so much you can do you can only lead a horse to water you can't get him to drink or you know whatever and you know that's what i try and do to the people in my life is it's like letting them know with with a rec- or with a decent amount of consistency that like you know there are people here on the outside who who want to know what's going on who are here to support you you know it doesn't have to be some fucking cry session over discord for an hour or whatever, you know, just like, you know, there are people here who, who can help you uh, when you feel like you've lost your purpose or your drive. Um, And I, I mean, I think that that's, you know, at least part of a solution to that kind of behavioral pattern, but that's just my opinion, you know, (laughs) I'm no doctor. I'm no psychologist. I'm none of that shit. I'm just. Yeah, we should put like a a
0: disclaimer or something.
1: (laughs) We are not professionals. Do not take anything we say on a medical standard because it's just you're going to be wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And a thing I've noticed too is I don't know if I mentioned this quite the same. I hope I'm not repeating myself that men build their entire social network. Oftentimes when they get into a relationship with a woman, she sort of not only fulfills his needs for intimacy, his connection and everything else like that, but she also has her friend circle and it's easy for him to discard his old friends a lot of the time because he never really had the same level of connection that his spouse or the person he marries has with her friends and thus her friend circle because she has that level. And even though she's in a relationship, she still has that level of intimacy and connection because she's not necessarily subject to toxic masculinity. She's not necessarily, in all cases, forced or has these sort of shallow you know bar fly relationships a lot of the times when girls go out they go shopping they do they, they go on day excursions they go and they talk about things they have lunch they have meals they have quality time well, with men, a lot of the time it's just go to the bar and drink and complain about their lives and <laughs> or whatever, or go watch sports or something like that, and the intimate conversations just don't happen. Whereas, and and I I feel like I'm stereotyping a lot, but I've just I've just noticed this with my male friends. Like, I actually had a friend that kind of another flake situation where i had a friend who just ghosted me um i don't know if i've told you about my friend bob but um i used i worked with him for like 10 years i've known him like and we've actually had some pretty detailed he's actually one of the few men who's like actually like talk to me about things that have been troubling him and i've given him advice or whatever but at the same time we've never been particularly close because he is like the poster child of toxic masculinity He was always the one that was just like giving me shit about like, I put my hands on my hips when I get frustrated. And like when I get really upset and tilted, like my voice elevates and he'd just be like, you look like a girl when you do that. And it's like, and back then I was like, oh shit, I better fix that. Now it's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, who the fuck are you to tell me, you know, what looks like a girl and how to act and be. Despite all that, we were decent friends, I'd like to think. And like six months ago, he just dropped off the face of the earth, and I've sent him texts, I've sent him messages, and he hasn't gotten back to me. And there's no rhyme or reason for it. And I I get, like, what if there's a tragedy that happened? What if he went to jail? But I don't think it's, who knows? Like, but I've just, it just seems like men are just likely to do that when shit comes up in their lives, rather than be like, oh, I'm going through this really tough time, I should, like, reach out to my friends. It's just like, I'm just going to ghost everybody and just, you know, power through or how whatever the fuck they do. You know, I, if one of his parents got sick or whatever, it's just like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to d- deal with this by myself, not st- seek any support or any any avenues of support and just, like, forsake all my friends and just, I don't know, wallow in my shitty situation. It just seems like men are more inclined to do that, where... Women are like, okay, well, I need my support network now or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. it's just weird. I mean,
1: like from a base point, I heard this recently listening into um one of my favorite podcasts. Um, shout out to See the Thing Is Podcast on YouTube and on Patreon. They're fucking amazing. Um, I don't know if I've ever referenced them to you specifically, Desi, but there is <clears throat> there's a mindset in in like in the dating world and even in the friendship world about how men are expendable, you know, like there's always going to be another man. There's always going to be another whatever. Um, and that's not just tried and true for, uh, for men, you know, there's a lot of that. Um, I guess you could call it pressure, um, that gets put on women to really stand out and perform, um, and to not be seen as expendable. Um, and so, what, what what I've always been curious about, but I don't, you know, I don't always go super deep with all of my, my male friends, you know, like I, there's, there's always a certain amount of reservation, um, that I've experienced when I try and have these kinds of deep conversations where it's like, you know, if I just ask them straight up, like, Hey, what's going on? Like, I haven't heard from you for shit, 20 days, three months. You know, like I have a very good friend of mine who I lived with uh for two years, um who uh I I know his his social patterns, um, you know, because we live together. Um and when when we stopped living together, I would not hear from him for, for weeks. Um and one of the things he would always say to me when he'd actually reconnect with me is, you know, oh I didn't want to put my my troubles onto you. You know, I didn't want to burden you with, um, um, you know, the drama going on in my life and whatnot. And I think that that really relates into the expendability because a lot of people, especially nowadays, at least in my experience, they don't have a lot of patience, um, for mistakes or people having bad days and acting wild. Um, and then, uh, on the flip side of that, too, like when that does happen, the, the accountability of being able to come to that person and being like, hey, I don't really know what was going on, you know, last week or whenever, but you kind of popped off and, you know, then you dropped off the face of the planet. And like, I don't know what I did to cause that or, you know, if you were dealing with something else in your life that you just kind of there was a, a breaking point or something. I don't know. um, But. I really think that that mindset of expendability in terms of like there's always going to be somebody else and if this person is too much i can just drop them uh because we do live in a very digital age in terms of communication you know nowadays for a lot of people especially people in our generation in the millennial generation um because of the lack of patience because of everything that's constantly happening in our exterior world um you know, in relation to social media and the social interactions that we have at work um, and that aren't necessarily connected to our friends, those things can bleed over into friendships um, and relationships. And a lot of the times when people just like, they don't have the capacity to be able to deal with it, they just shut down and they get quiet. And then, you know, weeks go by and then it's like, Oh shit, I haven't talked to this person in a eight months like i'm sorry uh and i know i'm guilty of that too um Mm -hmm. occasionally but that's more so with my friends who i've known for a very long time um you know and you know like i have a homegirl who lives up north uh who i've known since i was a child you know and we had like Years go by in our friendship where, you know, just for one reason or another, it wasn't intentional. We fell off the map with each other and we, but when, when we would reconnect, we would always reconnect with this just like heightened level of joy and exuberance and like, oh my God, I've missed you. What's been going on? Um, you know, how have you been? Um, and I know there's no universal connection to that. Um, but At the very least, that's my experience. And I know that, like, I I, I try to keep in my head that, like, hey, this may or may not be intentional. Um, You know, maybe this person needed some space from me for whatever reason. uh, Or they just needed some space from being social in general. Um, You know, and so I think that's where, at least for me, my my ambient level of compassion for people um, comes in and tries to... You know calm everything down a little bit because as you said you know i get tilted too when people just kind of disappear on me and i'm like what the fuck like that that you sh- <laughs> when you're when you try to be a logical person uh and not factor in the emotion and you know there's no logical reason as to why this person just kind of fucking disappears um you know it's frustrating because it's like what the hell we were having a good time and then you just disappeared um, and I think that we should really encourage more more freedom to be able to talk about that kind of stuff, but also encourage accountability. Um, you know, you don't have to get down on your knees and apologize and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, that makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, hey, <laughs> I, was, I just wanted to know how you were doing. I don't need to, you know, know that you're a terrible person for you know not talking to me or whatever i think that's really silly um but yeah yeah it's it's that's a little bit of a tangent
0: <laughs> no no this that's this is all about this is all about the tangents um so i had um this is kind of a tangent too but i had a cuz you mentioned like people not getting back to you i actually had somebody that i knew and i still know i guess more or less from high school i think i met him when i was like 14 or something like that and he was one of those people that, if you never reached out to him, you just wouldn't hear from him. And I've heard of yeah. people like this. And I, I, t- I, think I talked to him about like a year and a half ago because I was like, hey, you know, he lives, he lives in Olympia. He lives fairly close. And I just was like, I, oh, hey, do you want to hang out or whatever? And it's always the same old fucking song and dance. And it was that way when we were in high school too. It's just like he's always got some fucking reason, and a lot of the time it's really hard to get together with him. I'm just gonna call him, um, just gonna call him L for now, and or yeah, I'll use his first name because I mean I don't know if this person ever like becomes like like reciprocates. Then I would love to like build a relationship or friendship up with him again because he's extremely intelligent. He's very kind. He's a good person, but he's just one of those people. It's like if you don't reach out to him, if you don't initiate, you'll just never fucking hear from him. And it just got to the point where it's like, do I really want to invest in a relationship or friendship? It's so, it's so funny. Relationships and friendships are so similar, and it's just maybe it's because I'm ace. Maybe it's because when I pursue friendships, I just pursue so much more than just quote unquote a friendship. But um. Mm-hmm. With L it's just how much time do I want to invest in someone who's not gonna reciprocate? Even though when I do reach out we have these amazing conversations. It's just like do you really give a shit about me? Do you really care? Or are you just someone who I always have to approach it's like, you know, do I always have to come over and press the button to get a piece of candy from you or whatever, put coin in the machine to get candy? Yeah. You know, are you yeah. you're just a you're just a bot essentially that gives me <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a terrible way to put it. of endorphins when I feed you my attention and my communication. Yeah, it's
0: like I have to I have to give a piece of myself every time I talk to him, and I get I get stuff in return. But it's just like it's 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 a one way relationship. Like what the frick? And I actually reached out to another one of my friends from high school. Like I think it was a year ago, a year and a half ago. I saw him for um I saw him for lunch, and of course this is somebody who knew me back when I was you know still my. In my pretend stage where I hadn't come into myself, and I just would complain about my life and my, fa- my situation, my, my work and everything else, and how unfair the world was, and I come back after therapy, I come back after coming into my form, and, you know, comfortable in my own shoes for once in my life, and I just have this positive, upbeat outlook And he's still like complaining about the same old shit and just waiting for his parents to die because he can't find a job. He can't get out of the rut he's in. And he's just every time I bring a suggestion, it's like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but my therapist calls those people the yeah, but sort of he's always got a fucking reason why he can't get out of the shitter in his life. And it's just Uh like, okay, well, I'm not going to invest any time in this relationship because all you do is complain and you shoot down advice you expect me to be the same person I was back then and just commiserate and complain. It's just, I get that life can be unfair, but you're complaining about the same shit you're complaining about 10 years ago.
1: I mean, you know, some people just be getting in ruts, man. And, um, it's, it's one of those things where I, I really value communication. Um, and I know you do as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why we, as people get along very well um is that we both value communication and not only just that as a baseline but like being able to be specific with the people in your life about what you need and what you want um and i think that there's i think there's a lot of not wanting to be vulnerable or open up or whatever you know like we could go on about that for hours yeah um and I think that a lot of it just has to do with when, when you notice, when, or at least when I notice those kind of social patterns that don't work very well for me. You know, if, somebody's, if I'm constantly having to reach out to someone, if I'm the one who's, who's feeding the bear and I'm, I'm showing up and I'm doing all of the things, I'm going out of my way, there are people in my life who I will definitely do that for. But I am also somebody who is very aware of her spoons. You know, and I know you are as well. It's like if I don't have the spoons to go out and, and do this thing, even if we've we've made a plan for it, I am always upfront and honest about that. You know, I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, you know, I oh, I have something come up or, you know, oh, I don't really know. Like I, you know, like coming up with those kinds of excuses that you were talking about instead of just being genuine. And, you know, if you're just not feeling it and you're not being or you don't want to be social for whatever reason feeling the the freedom to be able to be like look girl i'm so sorry you know i'm i'm just not feeling it today it's the anxiety or whatever like being able to have those deeper levels of conversation even if they're far and few between mm-hmm. but for me nowadays just so that i don't i don't disappoint myself when i recognize that kind of behavior if i if i want to try and keep that person in my life i'll just bring it up You know i'll be very direct and be like hey i'd like to talk to you about this you know i want to know what's going on for you um i want to know how i factor into your life and i know that that kind of a conversation can be really uncomfortable for some people but for me to have to, to want to have somebody in my life i need to be able to have those kinds of conversations even if, it, even if it's not serious, you know, and I just want to have the conversation once, we can establish a baseline, and then we can go from there. It doesn't have to be a continual point of conversation. But, you know, I, I know what I want in my life. I'm old enough to know what kinds of friendships I want in my life. And those that are not very consistent or very fulfilling, I just make the active choice to dissolve the friendship. But I also let the person know, you know, just disappear. I'm like, hey, you know, it was really great getting to know you and, you know, getting to experience you as a human being and blah, blah, blah. Put whatever, you know, superlatives and comfy, fuzzy statements onto it. And, you know, being able to let that person go and say, you know, I really wish you well. And I hope that you find the connections that you're looking for. And, you know, I'll see you on the other side. Good luck. And I don't think that you should feel bad about having to have those conversations if they do need to happen because of the fact that there is no reason to try to foster something that's just not there for them Um, or that that's something that is not what you need in your life in that moment. You know, I think that everybody should feel more entitled to be specific with the people in their lives about what they need, about what their desires are, um, being willing to compromise with people and compromise with yourself, um, but not to an extent where it's self-destructive. You know, there's just, there's so many positive ways that people can have these kinds of, I guess you could call them uncomfortable and difficult conversations, but also get what you need out of the relationship, you know, and and also being willing to be flexible, um, you know, because I remember when and, I, and I've told you about this when we first met, even though I was you know, you were very upfront about the fact that you were asexual, um, you know, I had to kind of deal with some of my own feelings because I was like this, this human being, this person is beautiful, they're wonderful. And, you know, they have all of these qualities that I would love to have in a partner, but they do not fall into these categories of things that I would want in a relationship, you know. But that doesn't mean that we can't be great friends. That doesn't mean that we can't have amazing conversations. You know, that's where the compromise thing comes in, where it's like we may not be able to have the kind of relationship that I wanted at one point. But we can still have all of these other fucking wonderful, fulfilling experiences together um, by just being in one another's lives. And I guess that's hard for some people. You know, I guess that's hard. Well, I know it's hard because it was hard for me. Right. You know, I've had to deal with that kind of shit since I was a kid where it's like <laughs> this person's great. You know, they're fabulous and wonderful, but they don't want this from me. Um, and And not taking that personally or putting so much weight onto, you know, a certain aspect of friendship, you know, it's just, it's all a big fucking variable. And that's part of life, you know, figuring out all of the idiosyncratic ways that people interact with one another and, you know, just trying to, trying to live a good life, you know, people come into our lives for reasons and people come into our lives sometimes for seasons, you know, that's, that's a a saying that I try and keep in my head pretty consistently now as an adult um so that i don't feel like you know people just show up and then fucking disappear because i'm a terrible person or you know they can't be bothered with me or like what the fuck ever that's such a not great place to be living in in terms of mindset
0: yeah and i did want to point out something i wrote it down um Mm-hmm. About, about uncomfortable conversations. I think, and this is the experience I've had with like the flaky people in my life. Did I ever tell you about um the ghost of Kalaylock that person who I drove all the way to the ocean three and a half hours for who didn't bother to show up or text
1: me afterwards? Oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck? I need to hear about this. That is shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so th- again, this is why... I fuck it's, <laughs> it, it's God, a whole deal I was I was furious and I remember I told Esther about it and Esther was just like shaking she was so fucking mad and this is Ooh. why this is why I'm so reluctant and why I fucking need a recharge after I use Bumble or dating apps or BFF apps and this was just a BFF thing so I was just like okay I'd, I'd given a I'm gonna segue into this. This might go on for fucking how knows long, but I for a, when I was out of my first dating relationship about a year and a half. I guess it was two. God damn, it's been it's been that long. Time flies. But I was like, okay, well, you know, I've come to the conclusion, or you know, I really want to try to date a man. Maybe it'll be different than my my last experience. Uh, maybe, and I remember I go on Bumble and I switch it over to like. Just men, solely just men. Because I was <laughs> dating, like dating, uh, female body people has its own set of challenges. But dating men, that was a whole fucking can of worms. And I remember, like, when I switched it over to men only, my fucking like matches like went off like a goddamn Christmas tree. It was just like blah 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 blah. It was like m- machine gun freaking matches. Mm-hmm. And I had a dozen matches that all showed up and each one of them i initiated and it wasn't and it was just things like hey you know i mentioned something was cool on your profile something you know personalized not just hi or hello or what's up you, you know i put some dick? yeah exactly and <clears throat> i had at least a dozen matches that mm-hmm. were that showed up on my thing that i needed to initiate i was like okay cool we're getting into this and None of them, not a one, fucking replied. And it was so demoralizing. I was just like, What the fuck? I had a dozen matches and none of them, none of them got back to me. Even with me reaching out and saying personalized shit. And it's just like, well, why? Why the fuck would you swipe left? I think that's the swipe left is match. I always mix them up. Or was it is it right that is a match? I think it's- I think it's the swipe right, yeah. Yes, why would you swipe for me? I'll just say it that way so I don't mix it up in the future. Why would you swipe for me and then not reply? Like, and I was talking to a gay friend of mine. He's just like, yeah, men get on disc or they get on these dating apps. They don't look at profiles. They just match, 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 match. It's like, oh, this person's hot, this person's hot, swipe, 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 and they don't fucking bother to read, and what I think what happened is is they actually bothered just when they saw that I matched, like, oh, he's cute, and they scroll down, and they're like, oh, ace, oh, asexual, it's like, well, why the fuck didn't you read that the first time, it's just, and then I finally did Uh. go out on a date with a man, of course, and then he was like, oh, well, I got the whole thing. It's like we had a great conversation and everything. But it's just like, I th- again, I think he finally actually realized that I was ace. I just wasn't fucking randomly applying the term on myself for no reason. And he ghosts me. And it happened again like a month ago where I actually was, had a date set up. And this freaking guy was just like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so handsome. You're so amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And, of course, he just, a couple weeks later, I don't know what happened, but he just disappears. And I remember I asked him specifically after I didn't hear from him for like three or four days, like, hey, are you ghosting me? And he literally said, you're too beautiful to ghost. And he fucking ghosts me! It's like, hello, man's chasing you, honey!
1: <laughs>
0: like, okay. Anyways. That's the segue for later, but... I was like, okay, I'm fucking done with this dating bullshit, and this was like after I had the experiences with all these matches, and none of them getting back to me, it burned me the fuck out, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do the BFF thing, so I managed to find these people, and of course, one of them I matched with, and it was a girl, and the first thing she asked me says, do you think I'm attractive? And I'm like, why the fuck does that matter? Like, we had what? this conversation, like, one of the first, like, the third thing she mentioned is, do you think I'm attractive? I'm like, why the fuck does that matter? Like, I'm ace and you're on BFF. Why the fuck does that matter? I was like, I mean, and I didn't even give her a response. I was just like, uh, well, I'm asexual, so that doesn't really matter. I think you already know if you're attractive or not. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, like, I wasn't going to validate that. Like, what kind of a question is that to ask on BFF?
1: Well, and and more so too, like, the level of insensitivity, because, like, I, I think this would actually be a really great segue to talk about the 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 fake sexuals, um, you know, the people who give themselves these labels for their sexual identity that aren't actually accurate. Um, right. <laughs> if you don't mind the 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 general segue in conversation.
0: Yes, yes, and it's it's actually great because Esther and I had a conversation about uh, <laughs> we had like a two hour conversation. That's why I got up late this morning is because I was like talking to her for two hours. But yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, you know, I will, girl. I will just start off by saying this. And so this will this will kind of this this will segue into what we're about to talk about, and that is people, in my experience, do not be reading people's fucking profiles, and then they will read, they will selectively read things, they will pick out things that they like, and they will not pay attention to things that they don't like or may not be appealing to them, because at the end of the day, what a lot of people are looking for is sex, Um, you know, let's just be real. Uh, Especially if you're talking about men. Yes. Um, Where it's like men because of their um, testosterone levels and, you know, the social pressures that have gotten put on them for thousands. You know, the the social pressures they created for themselves. Let's be real here. Yeah. They weren't always fucking there. They got to come from somewhere, you know. And then there's the whole aspect of like, if you're not fucking and you're a man. And that means that you're not masculine, or maybe you're a fag, or whatever. Like, it's there's so many levels to this shit. But the one thing that I know, personally, um, and this is just gonna delve into my personal life just for a quick second, is that I have HSV one and HSV two. It's on my fucking profile. I am very open about it. I, you know, it's out there for people to see. You know, and I've been HSV one positive for. 10-plus fucking years now, um, and I've been HSV2 positive for over a year now, and it's even though it's right there, it's in a big fucking neon sign on my profile, people don't read it, or, or they see it, and they're like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but it doesn't say HIV, so I guess that doesn't matter, you know, people just don't fucking read, um, it's- and I think that goes so far. That goes well beyond just like dating apps and shit. I mean like Yeah, that's like a real walk,
0: world problem. Like people, people don't walk fucking into a read restaurant with
1: a big ass board that says what the fuck they have on the menu and they'll be like, "Oh, what's on your guy's menu?" Oh what yeah, what's your thing? special what you when the like? signs right ah. next to them and it says bitches potato salad and <laughs> the fucking steak uh, arguar or whatever, you know, it's some shit. People just don't read or they like to be served information on a platter to feel like they're being catered to I don't know. <laughs> I know there's a whole bunch of different variations um, but to to start talking about the fake sexuals, the one thing since just to, just to get to right direct to the subject matter um, is when I think one of the very first conversations that you and I had at length was how people love labels number 1 they love being able to plaster labels on themselves and be like look i have all these all of these things that i identify by um but how specifically when people identify publicly as asexual i think there's a bunch of different things that other people hear when they see that in their heads because i personally have a lot of experience with um observing these these people who label themselves as asexual, and here I'm just going to, I'm going to go so far as to look up the definition, um, the dictionary definition of asexual, and asexual is defined as a term used to describe someone who does not experience sexual attraction towards individuals of any gender. Sexuality or asexuality is a sexual orientation different from celibacy in that celibacy is the choice to refrain from engaging in sexual behaviors and does not comment on one's sexual attractions now with that being said that does not explicitly state that asexual people do not be fucking mm-hmm. right you know but I have had a lot of experience um, having been a member of the uh, Seattle BDSM community um, as being a member of the Center for sex uh, the Center for sex positive interaction uh, in Seattle. Um, being in my before I came out, being part of Seattle Men in Leather, um, being part of the Seattle Pups and Handlers community, you know, where where sexuality is something that's talked about um, with some regularity, and there were these these people who would identify as asexual, and I would consistently observe these people having regular public pleasurable sex you know where they're obviously engaging in an activity that they are experiencing pleasure from and they are experiencing sexual attraction to the people who they're having sex with um and it was it was like catnip for people you know It, it was kind of very similar to how i watched gay men try to quote unquote turn straight men um, or if they're like kind of straight questioning, you know, they might be hetero flexible. Uh, you know, it's like fucking catnip because it's like a like a, a conquest thing, and that I think that goes so far into how a lot of men that I've experienced uh, view sexual interactions as conquests. You know, and so I I am always, and I've asked a couple of them about it where I'm like, hey, I'm just curious. Like, I'm not trying to call you out or you know muck your yum or whatever you know but like you i I, i'd like for you to explain to me why you identify as as publicly as asexual um but you are consistently publicly you know these are people who are filming porn ostensibly um like how does that work for you um because the the descriptor that you're using is not accurate to the lifestyle that you're living and another example of this was like I went to I, I went to high school with this girl. Shout out to Tiana, uh, class of 2011. Fucking she identified as a lesbian. Um, and a lesbian is a woman who is only attracted to other women. Right. And, you know, she was very proud and very vocal about the fact that she identified as a lesbian. But she and I were also really good friends. So I heard a lot of the tea about what she would get up to in her off time. And she was fucking all these men. Um, You know, she never had relationships with women. Um, She would very inconsistently um, be engaging with women sexually. And she was primarily seeking out male sexual partners. And it it was very confusing because I was like, we're not fucking, you know, I don't have to be, you know, this isn't, it's not really relevant to me, but like as somebody who uses the definition of words to be able to interpret what's going on. Um, Cause that's kind of what we all do on a base level. When we talk to one another and we try to relate to one another, you know, it was, it was almost when I, when I would ask her about it, she would almost get pressed and she'd be like, well, why does yeah. that fucking matter? And I'd be like, well, girl, I'm just asking like, we're in the, the, the GSA together, you know, you're president of the GSA. You, you're constantly talking about your pride with, being a a lesbian woman and yet you don't fuck around with women like at all i know one woman or one woman who you've you've dated in the three years that we've been in school together and like what's up with that and they didn't have an answer you know she was just like well you know it's just men be giving it to me better and i'm like okay well then aren't you isn't that bisexuality and she's like no i'm a lesbian and i was always like whatever you know <laughs> yeah you're not going to identify however you want to but i'm just going to tell you right now what you're putting out into the world is not it's not accurate i'm not going to say it's not real but it's not accurate
0: <laughs> it's interesting you bring that up about like people getting pressed When or you're getting pressed when you bring up like when you have the audacity to question their sexuality. My friend Esther dated uh, somebody and this was after she had met me and she even told me like you're the first actual asexual I've met that actually fits like the definition of it. And so she goes and she dates this person who identifies as gray sexual, which is, I guess, kind of on the demisexual spectrum. It's a word that I'm still, like, working my mind around. But this person, this person, even though they identified on the ace spectrum, I thought, which I thought was pretty cool at the time when I first met them, like, started kissing and whatever, and, like, kind of relatively short into the relationship, wanted sex. And it was just like, oh, well, and, and, of course, Esther's like, well, wait, aren't you supposed to be on the a spectrum and they were just like oh well I'm feeling it now so let's do it it's just like okay well it's a week into the relationship and you want to fucking bang already which for me I'd be like uh if I was in that position I'd be like uh you I don't think you understand when you say a spectrum I don't think you I don't think you know what that actually means when they went down to Utah Esther had this conversation with them and was just like hey you know this is hard because Desi's the actual only ace I know, but when you use this term, it doesn't ma- And Esther just was delicate, tiptoeing, and this person just started crying. Just uncontrollably crying that her par- or their partner would have the gall to question their sexuality. I don't mind talking about it because this person ended up being a piece of shit, but um, it's, it's, it's weird how defensive this person was with that label. Like, oh, I've established this. And I don't know why people are doing that with asexual now. I don't know if it's just because it's in vogue, because it's actually visible now. Because back in the day, you know, there aren't a lot of aces, like vanilla aces, as I call it myself. You know, there just aren't a lot of us. And back in the day, it was just like, oh, well, either one, they're just considered gay oh, well, this person doesn't chase after women, thus they must be gay, or whatever. Or, you know, I guess that's the the term that gets slapped on men. And for women, I guess it's prude or whatever bullshit. But people establish these labels, and with the asexual label, like, yeah, like I said, you got pressed, and Esther's partner just started crying, and Esther felt like shit about it for even bringing to bring it up. And it was a valid question. Especially actually knowing a real ace. Or. See, I don't even like using the term real ace because it's like. I know, right? It, it feels like so conceited. Like, oh, you're not part of the ace club. You're not. It's just like it's it's a delicate subject for me because it's like, I don't want to... I'm not the gatekeeper of aces, but it's like, why the fuck are you using that term when it doesn't apply at all? Like, it's pretty damaging when we're already struggling with visibility and you got these people who are just throwing the term around, don't know what it means, it's not applicable at all, and then they get freaking ass mad when you call them out on it.
1: Yeah, girl, and I mean, I have I have... I don't know. I guess you could call it like a well-formulated opinion. Um, But I, as somebody who has known, well, okay. So first off, the real, real is that sexuality is a spectrum, right? Right. Um, And I don't think that I would not consider when I, when I hear, when I heard you say questioning somebody's sexuality, you know, I think this, I think of a very comp hat, you know, like, Oh, are you really gay? Or you know, like whatever, you know, kinda it's got like a really negative connotation yeah. attached to it. Um, and and so I mean like there is if somebody's just curious and it's like, I just you know, I'm curious, you know, like I wanna have a deeper conversation with you about this. That's very different than being like hitting at somebody's face and being like, Oh well you do this and that, so that you know, that means you're this or that or whatever, and what you're doing is lying to people and blah blah blah. And, you know, I think that there's, there's a huge difference between those two things. And I also think that there might be some confusion for people who are not as well-educated about the queer community as maybe you or I are. You know, people who have no context or no history with the queer community. And it's, it's you know, the, the nuances of being queer and being you know not this heterosexual you know whatever um and so i think that i think that genuinely when i try and look at it from an educated standpoint not just being heated and being like these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about um is is just a lack of education um or if you want to talk about it in more of a I don't know, I guess you could call it accusatory standpoint, um, is using the term to create a certain level of exclusivity, um, if that makes sense, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, I identify as asexual, but you, you are everything that I, that anyone could ever want, and I want to do all these things with you. And I'm a hundred percent sure that there is at least one person on the face of this planet who has had that experience, but I don't think it's a necessarily common one. Um, And so when, (laughs) because of the muddied waters and the confusion that has been created and somewhat fostered um, by people in the queer community um, is that when, when they hear asexual, they just think they're fucking picky. You know? Yeah. They're pick they're picky about who they want to be sexual with, um, or have sexual relationships with. Um, when in reality, people who are asexual do are not interested in sex. It's like, no, it's not it's not appealing to me. It does not rouse any kind of interest in me. Um, you know, and I have known um, a partnership between somebody who identified as asexual, um, and I had conversations with them about it, um, and their partner was not asexual, but they would have sexual relations occasionally with one another because the partner who identified as asexual, you know, one of their love languages was physical touch. Um, and, 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 and seeing their partner enjoy themselves. And so I think that there's, there could be some kind of correlation between that, but I think nowadays, you know, people just get confused or they, they, they create the misinterpretation that has been created, uh, a lot of the times by the queer community about, you know, the difference between being asexual and being demisexual, um, or being asexual and being, um, you know, just really picky about who you want. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to know them a lot, so that wouldn't classify as demisexual. Um, but, you know, it's, it's all so... It gets convoluted because, you know, everybody's experience is different and people change. You know, my own sexuality has fluctuated throughout the years. You know, I came out at, in the summer going into seventh grade, um as bisexual um and then i kind of lost some of my interest in in women and then as i got a little bit older um that interest for women came back and then i also started encountering the trans community um and so it was and i and at a certain point too i was also very obsessed with having a label that was accurate that i could tell someone and they'd be able to know exactly what i was talking about um but that's also because I'm somebody who really tries to keep up on the communication. I'm like, people need to be understand what the fuck I'm talking about so that there's no miscommunications. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like, it's, it's, a, it's a spectrum. Things fluctuate. But, you know, people who are out here using incorrect terminology to be seen as exclusive um, or to try and reel more people in um, to, you know, oh, well... Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe they're not, maybe, maybe they won't be asexual for me. You know, maybe if I show up and, you know, I come in the picture and, you know, I'm, I've got all this swagger and clavness, you know, that there'll be a difference. But it's just like, girl, at the end of the day, if you're trying to find somebody to fuck, find someone to fuck who wants to fuck you. Do not pursue people who are like, yeah, no, I'm not really interested in that. You know, yeah, that's where you start to borderline get into sexual harassment, um, and potentially assault. You know, like there's, uh, there's some really slippy, slippery slopes that you could get onto when you get
0: into that line of thinking. Right, and I do want to mention um something that I've heard, and it's anecdotal, but mm-hmm. I've heard it repeated times: is gay men will use the term asexual when they're, so they meet somebody, they go out, they meet somebody, and let's just say they go back to their place. And the other person is, you know, ramping things up. And in order to avoid like an awkward conversation, the one man who is not interested and not feeling, it's just like, hey, I'd love to, but I'm asexual and I can't do this. And they basically slap on the term to avoid an awkward conversation. I've heard this happen multiple times and with my experience with gay men trying to get dates and everything else like that, it seems like it has some weight With where gay men will just throw that term out when shit goes sideways and they're like in an awkward situation. It's like the ace card they pull out their back pocket. It's like, hey, you know, things are getting hot and heavy, but I'm asexual. Sorry, I can't go any further past second base. In, in reality, they're just not, they're not interested or turned on by the other person. They're just throwing that term out.
1: God, this goes... Right back to the fucking communication thing where it's like be being direct. Um, and I know that there's there there can be a lot of people can find themselves in in positions where, you know, there is the implication of sex or whatever. And there's a lot of pressure behind that. I myself have found myself in those scenarios where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, we're not going to your house to have sex um you know we're just going there to hang out and get out of this fucking bar and whatever but you know you shouldn't tack on a term that it's not accurate uh as as an excuse or as a scapegoat to avoid sexual encounters it's just be like no i'm good you know i don't have to explain to you why either i just don't want to fuck you Because nobody is entitled to sex and nobody's entitled to anybody else's body or anything like that. You know, it's just... It's it's a big, complicated conversation that I love having. Yeah. You know, because it it can help educate me more. Um, It can give me more compassion for people. You know, and it also helps me learn more about humanity. You know, because there's... Everybody's so so different, and I find beauty and appreciation in that difference.
0: Yeah, and the thing, when why I bring that up, and it kind of relates to the flake part of the conversation too, is I think a lot of men in that situation use that term because it's an easy out, rather than being like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not the, into this. And that might lead to an awkward or uncomfortable conversation where it's like, Oh, well, I'm ace and if you got a problem with that, then fuck you and I'm out. You know, rather than being like, hey, you know, I'm just I I'm, I'm not ready, I'm not feeling it, and you know, and having that awkward conversation was like, okay, well, why did the fuck did you come back to my place? And having that back and forth, they could just pull this quote unquote ace card out of their back pocket and say, Hey, I'm an ace, sorry. I'm not doing this. I, I, I think mm. that it's a, kind of a bit of cowardice to be honest when people do it, pull that card out rather than actually have a real conversation.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and that...
0: Like, why are you sending me the signs and acting like you want to fuck, and then we get back to your place, and, like, you don't want to do it? Well, well, I'm ace. Rather than, hey, well, you know, I, I, I'm not feeling it, because I'm not feeling I'm it just... is a much more uncomfortable conversation than just pulling out some bullshit card out of your back pocket.
1: Well, and see, then this is one of the reasons why I am so incredibly direct with people in my personal life, is that, like, I want everybody to be on the same page, you know, and this is where labels can be helpful and, you know, be, and we're actually, I'll take that back. Accurate labels. I mean, there's also, I think a whole conversation to be had about expectation, right? Um, you know, with the, the societal implications of when you go out with somebody and you have a good time and they ask you to go back to their place, that means sex is happening and that is not always the case i i do not exclusively go back to people's houses um to have sex
0: <laughs>
1: like you know i i i don't identify as um demisexual you know i don't have to know someone um uh, for an extended period of time or have a a certain level of intimate bond with the person before i want to engage in sexual activity with them um but oh my god i just lost my train of thought i'm so sorry um
0: <laughs> no it's all good it's
1: just my brain <laughs> my brain on off days i'm like what's happening when, what was i just talking about i don't remember my my boyfriend teases me about it occasionally where he's like babe you were right in the middle of something and then it just oh it's gone and i'm like i know <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's what happens to me like my problem is is like i'll just start going on a tangent and then i'll stop in the middle of the tangent and be like what the frick was i talking about like i started talking about something and then i went off on a tangent and then another tangent and now i can't reel back to my original train of thought and i have people like esther thank god could be like oh you were talking about this and i'm like oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but i just get completely lost in the sauce sometimes <laughs> it's crazy
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's just I think it happens a lot more than people um <laughs> like to talk about. But anyways, to to I think I think my my brain's starting to key back into the conversation now. Hey, buddy, no no no, please don't walk on my keyboard.
0: Oh god, I hate it when cats do that.
1: Oh, he he knows how to get my attention and he's he's doing his thing, so we'll see if he actually will go outside or if he just wants attention. Hi, yes, hello. I think that expectation is something that we could definitely key into this conversation and talk about and that's at the end of the day there is unless somebody is very direct about what's going on, what they want, um and things that they may potentially be wanting to do, there is I I I feel very free to express what I want, right? Um, but I know that that comes with a vast amount of privilege. And so I try to be very aware of that when I encounter people who do not experience the same kind of freedom that I do uh, in terms of being able to have those kinds of conversations and be like, you know, I'm not really interested. Or maybe next time, you know, because. Let's be real here, people be fucking crazy out in the world sometimes and that answer can sometimes result in really unfortunate circumstances like fucking violence. Yeah. And I really think that if people were to put less weight on their expectations so that they don't feel disappointed, I think that people would be a lot more they'd feel a lot more freedom. Um and I only speak from my own personal experience with that, because I have experienced that, you know, where everything's going great, you know, I'm I'm having a wonderful time with this person, we're we're going out and having drinks or dinner or whatever, and then we decide that we're going to go back to my place or to their place, and, you know, there have been Things getting dropped in the conversation. You know, Indian innuendos are happening. There's, there's um, physical signs of interest, um, you know, because people's interests can change and they can fluctuate. You know, they can be totally into it. You guys could spend a total of six hours together and five and a half hours into the experience and you're back at the place and you guys are getting into it. Things are always subject to change. And that's not a bad thing. You know that doesn't mean that there was something traumatic that happened. That sometimes people just fall out of the mood. I mean, shit, that happens with me. You know, where it's like, oh yeah, I was I was really into this for however much of the time that we spent together, but now I'm not. And it's not that you did anything. I'm just not in the mood anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that there there should be so much more grace in terms of receiving that kind of communication from someone um, so that, you know, you, you don't feel disappointed or you don't feel taken advantage of or used or whatever. I mean, like, I try really hard personally in my own life to not attach those big negative connotations to it. But, you know, that's just me. And I've been working on that for a long time because I don't like being disappointed or feeling let on or whatever you know so so i take active steps to make sure that i don't put myself in those positions and also so i don't put other people in those positions because you know nobody likes to be disappointed nobody likes to put in x amount of effort and expect a certain result and then have that thing not happen um you know but people are people and experiences are fluid and you know it's just it's it's one of those things that as as we learn to communicate better with one another as a society as individuals you know i think i hope i hope um that we will see less and less of that and that people will feel more free to talk about what's going on for them and to also not feel pressured to come up with a specific kind of answer. Just like, ah, not into it anymore. You know, we could still hang out. We could still do all these things. But, you know, this particular thing, I'm not interested in anymore.
0: Yeah. And one thing I, d- I did bring up, and I think this is the part where we start kind of dunking on men a little bit. Because <laughs> <then> we're talking <laughs> about this. <laughs> it's
1: so easy to
0: do. It's not hard. We've got a lot of
1: ammunition.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I'm proud of us for like having these like calm, in depth conversations so far, and I, I feel like it's really good. But I mean, you did mention like expectation, and I feel like men, th- there's this conquest culture. It's almost like they fucking view life as like a video game where if they don't get, if they don't get a fuck out of the end of any encounter, for a length of time. They feel like it's a failure. And that's where it's just like, oh, come on. You were into this earlier. Oh, come on. Like, oh you know, why were you giving me these signals? And they just get ass mad when things don't go their way. It's
1: your fault. You're leaving me with these blue balls. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, I have these blue balls. Like, I'm in, you know, a, a, a slight pain. of, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in a little bit of pain. Like, like, what the fuck is all that about, by the way? Why do men have, some men have, like, the lowest pain tolerance for anything, and yet toxic masculinity, or a little bit of blue balls, and it's, like, the worst goddamn thing ever?
1: I will say this, and that's, as somebody with a penis and testicles, I've never experienced that. Um, you know, hopefully in the next couple years, I will not be having those parts, but that being said, as somebody who has been very sexually active, um, and had lots of experiences where, you know, I got really riled up and then I was not able to achieve climax um, or, you know, the, 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 the scene or circumstance didn't pan out in a way that was sexually satisfying to me. Um, and I've never had that happen you know, I've I, I've known guys, who, especially who've interacted with me, who are like, oh, don't leave me like this, baby. Like, oh, you're God, gonna yeah. give me the blue balls. And then, I, you know, I'm going to be uncomfortable. And man, it's like it's not even that
0: bad. Like,
1: it's like, first off, is this a phenomenon? Like, is this <laughs> is this one of those placebo things where people talk about it, but it's not really a thing? I don't know. I try not to make those kinds of judgments in general, but also like, fuck you. You have hands. Take care of it. Yeah, just
0: go to the bathroom. It's just, like, I don't, this is such a stereotype of, I think we've talked about, like, the pre-nut and the post-nut clarity. And I I feel like in situations where, like, it it seems like men will do, like, when they're in that pre-nut situation, they're just like, I don't know if it's, like, looking for the most intense orgasm or whatever, but it's like a fog sets over them and it's it almost goes back to the dating app thing of like I've got all these matches for men, and I feel like the maybe the reason why they don't get back is they found someone that or they got their nut off. I feel like maybe oh they have yeah. they they associate like a probability, and it's like, oh, this person identifies as ace, but maybe it's a one percent probability, so there might be a chance, so I'm going to keep this person in my back pocket in case these fucking 20 other matches that have a higher probability don't work out. It's like gaming. What's the probability of getting my nut off? And, oh, well, this person claims that they're ace, but maybe they're not, so maybe it's a 1% probability. It's, it's like the the math going on in their head or whatever, and then they get their nut off and like, oh, okay, well, I'm fine now. I can just discard all these other people that i've matched now because i've got my situation taken care of and i've got my conquest done i've got my achievement that pops up on my screen or whatever and so that's over and now i can like be a proper human being i just i don't know <laughs> a respectable member yeah, a of respectable society. like i swear like it it makes me wonder it's like why these men are talking this way to me at least the ones that i match with that have conversations and they just fall off the face of the earth it just makes me wonder oh they found someone who can put out and they don't have a, a need of a low probability i, I honestly feel like what it is like men might just stack up a whole bunch of matches or a whole bunch of leads almost like a business see which has the highest probability or keep trying until they get their ping and get their nut off and then it's just like oh, okay well i can go back you know being a normal respectable member of society i don't know
1: you know i have a very personal experience with that at that example specifically um, if you don't mind my sharing is <laughs> it's a great story and he still shows up in my life every now and then okay um,
0: before you do that can i run to the bathroom like for 20 seconds
1: <laughs> sure I'll, I'll put on the the pause music
0: okay i'm back <laughs>
1: Welcome back.
0: I was thinking like playing the on Eric Andre music or something. Ba da ba-da-da no.
1: <laughs> I oh my god that show <laughs> My my first exposure to that show was in a trap house after I had just sold drugs to somebody as a teenager and I got invited into the other room to to watch a couple minutes of the show and I ended up staying for hours watching the show and then fucking the dude who I sold drugs to and then going home (laughs) and ever since then I've associated that show with like really crazy drugged out sex you know like oh my god um (laughs) (laughs) um but anyways um so I started working at a place earlier this year um and mind you I do not make a habit of fucking people who I work with mm-hmm. um period you know never done it and I still to this day I'm like eh, probably won't happen um but there was there was a whole part of our orientation where HR was explicitly telling us that we could fuck around in the workplace like we could fuck our coworkers but HR needed to know what was going on. And I had never in my adult life experienced anything like that before. I was like, wow, I bet there's a hell of people fucking each other in this <laughs> workplace. God damn. Um, and of course, later on in my time working there, I found people in the fucking parking lot. fucking. Um, oh not going to say who or where or where I was working at the time just to, you know, keep people's jobs safe. Um, but yeah, it was the thing. So I met this man and he was in my training class and he was just, he was some type of kryptonite for me. Oh my goodness. And we started being social with each other. You know, he, he started talking to me and he was always very close in my personal space. Right. Um, And it, it was getting me flustered. I was like, Ooh, girl, my heart, like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> Back yeah. Back up, dude. I'm, I'm getting wrought up. I'm going to start moaning here in a second if you don't
0: yeah.
1: leave. <laughs> um, and we ended up exchanging numbers. And, you know, we started talking. Um, and I was straight up with him. And I was like, hey, were you flirting with me today? You know, I, I kind of felt like I was getting the vibes. And he was like, yeah, actually, um, I was thinking about pulling you into one of the side rooms and throat fucking you. Whole time you were talking, and I was like, (laughs) Like, holy shit! You know, just upfront all the sex right off the bat. Um, and it led to these whole series of conversations. Um, I found out that he he had a partner, um, but they weren't very sexual with one another at the time. Um, and they were open, and he was looking for other partners, and he was a Dom, and he really liked the fact that I had been in the Seattle Pups and Handlers community. Um, and that I was looking to explore my submissive side again. And it, it became this whole thing where we would, like, go out to lunch while we were at work. We'd talk. We'd flirt. We made out a, a couple times in between. Not at work. Not on on site. Um, but off site. And then I remember I drove him home one night after work. And we had this just uh, amazing make out session in my car and and I will, I won't go into too much detail, but um, we established after that, that he wanted to come down to my place and we were going to get it on. And I was like, hell yes. Short King. I was like, you have an an amazing personality. you got a great fucking dick. I've seen it. I'm ready for this. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And shortly thereafter, this was like, a half an hour into my driving home cuz i think it's t- i think it took like 45 minutes to drive from his place down to my place um, and so he then sends me this message where he's like yeah um, i don't actually really know if i want to want to do this you know and i'm i'm kind of nervous because we work together and he had he, all of these things started coming up in conversation right um, and it was very out of the blue. And I was like, whoa, okay, you know, like, respect. Thank you for letting me know what's going on. I appreciate you setting the boundaries and all of that jazz. Um, and, you know, if you're ever interested, honey, I'm right here and very available.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, And I then come to find out a couple days later that the transition and conversation happened because the... The the sexual not happenings between him and his partner stopped. They apparently he got out of the car from getting all up in my business and went straight into the apartment and had crazy fucking wild sex with his partner and then continued to have crazy wild sex with his partner. You know, it's just like the 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 dam broke between the two of them. And so then me, as the person who was kind of the fill-in for his primary, um, was just kind of left out to dry. And he ended up getting fired from the job. It was this whole thing. And he still, to this day, will message me out of nowhere and be like, Hey, it's me. How are you? What's going on? What are you doing? And every single time now, I'm like, you're not getting sex, are you? Like, can you just be honest? <laughs> just be real with me and, and you know, be honest about the fact that you hit me up when you want to fuck. You know, there's no shame in that. People like sex, you know, all of the things. And I don't understand why people don't feel free to just kind of say that. You know, where, I mean, like, Maybe they don't want to hurt people's feelings. Maybe they don't want this or that or whatever. I'm sure there's tons of reasons you can come up with, but like it's <laughs> that that totally goes back to the whole flake thing we were talking about where it's like once 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 he got what he wanted, I was no longer relevant. To this day. And he still hits me up every now and then.
0: It's well he's wild. You know what makes me think is he's probably got like list of people he's got you know 10 people that it's like a probability thing it's like a probability sheet it's like okay well my partner isn't putting out we're having a fight so I have these 10 people that I've you know I've done the betting for and that want to bone down potentially and I'm just going to ping each one and hopefully I'll bust my nut and then I can go back to, you know, pretending to be a decent member of society. You know, it's just like, but they don't want to say that because it, it's hard. I, I can't relate to any of this, obviously. This is like a foreign language to me, but who, who, I, who why would you want to tell somebody that like, hey, you know, you're here, you're my, you're a side piece in case me and my partner fight and they don't put out. I just, I want to, I want to bust the nut and you're that person who I contact if I want to get one off, it's just, how do you approach that delicately?
1: You don't, you just fucking say it,
0: you But know? people don't have like people have, I don't know if it's this part of the country or whatever, but people just don't have, it seems like it's a cowardice thing. Like I don't want to say what I'm actually thinking because I don't want to cause any drama, at least involved in, me. I'll cause other people drama, but like if it's involved in me, I don't want any drama.
1: Yeah, I'll stir up shit in other people's (laughs) lives, but when it comes to mine, absolutely not. Stay the fuck away.
0: I don't know if that's like a Pacific Northwest thing or whatever. Like people stirring up drama, but when it comes to themselves, it's like, oh no, you know, I'm just gonna pretend to be nice to everybody, but then talk shit behind their back. You know, I I don't know.
1: I have so much experience with with specifically people vocalizing. I'm not here for the drama. I don't do any drama, blah blah blah, you know. I'm I don't live I don't live that life, girl. And then I am seeing them on the TL on Twitter engaging in all this drama and then hearing about this person engaging in drama with other people and it's like it's it's another one of those facades that people put on so that they they seem more I don't know, socially acceptable or whatever. Like for me personally, I don't feel the need to be socially acceptable. I am who I am. And if you don't fucking like it, guess what? The door is right over there and it's been there the whole time. You know, that being said, I'm also not a fucking bitch. You know, I don't go out of my way to create problems for people um, or problems for myself because I'm approaching 30 and I'm tired. (laughs) You know, the less problems I have in my life. Thank fuck. But you know, it's just like people just need to drop the mask and just be real. You know, that's that's what I do in my life. That's what I tell my friends and my partners when I have them to do with me because it cuts out all the bullshit. It makes life so much simpler. And then we can actually get down to the real essence of the conversation or the experience. You know, there's no fucking around. There's just like this is we're here for this purpose and this thing and we're going to have this discussion or whatever. Like it's just but then I, you know, because I'm a very direct person and very you know, open about communication and very willing to have, you know, difficult or potentially tense conversations. I'm seen as a bitch um, or I'm seen as a troublemaker or, you know, shit. I, (laughs) when I was in the Seattle pups and handlers community, girl, I was the problem child because people would lie here and there about fucking everything, you know, and and I'd be calling it out and I'd be like, y'all, there's this, you are grown ass men lying like persian rugs all over these damn floors <laughs> and nobody says anything about it because they don't want to be a problem and i'm like honey here's the thing if you're not willing to be the problem child sometimes and call things out when there's shit happening then you are in fact part of the problem yeah <laughs> so nobody wants nobody wants to say that nobody wants to take that kind of accountability. You know, I can take the accountability that I have definitely been part of the problem in the past and after I made that realization, I made a conscious effort to not be part of the problem anymore because it was a lot more fucking work. You know? Like, having to keep up facades and bullshit, you know, lines of dialogue running, it's just, it's so much work. I don't understand how people who be doing this stuff have energy to get out of bed. It's just like, Damn. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get an answer someday. You know, maybe maybe these these kinds of behavioral patterns get people off
0: in a way that's fulfilling for them. Oh, and I don't if know. If that's the case, eh. Maybe they like see their life as like a fucking romance novel or something like that, or like they they do this to make it themselves seem more interesting. Like they're playing a part in some Shakespearean play or something like that. Of like, oh, you know, I swear, like, people do that. It's like self-narration or something like that. Like, oh, you know, I, I was involved in this super intense romantic thing or whatever. And I'm going to make up this shit because my life is boring and dull. And I'm just going to add all these, all these things that didn't happen to make myself seem more appealing and interesting. And like the character in a romance novel or something. I've fucking no idea.
1: I mean, I think I heard something kind of related to this recently where uh, these are other people's experiences, not my own. I'll just say that right off the bat. um, And that's other people wanting to be the main character in other people's lives Um, instead of focusing on the fact that you are your main character in your life um, and what what that means, you know, because when you. When I made that realization for myself um, as a young person, um, and I've had many different iterations of figuring out that process, mind you. You know, I didn't wake up one day and be like, oh my God, I have total control of my life and how I interact with people and how I want to perceive things in the world and all this shit. You know, it took a long time and it's hard work too. But when I realized that I didn't have to in conduct myself in that way, girl, I was so much less tired all the time. I had so much more energy. I felt truer to myself, you know, because I wasn't trying to force myself into situations and narratives and whatever that had absolutely nothing to do with me, you know, and, and also it it created a lot less problems in my life. You know, because I wasn't always trying to be in everybody else's fucking business. And, you know, it, it's just I wish more people would get on that on that journey so that they could be so that they could just be more be less miserable, you know, be happier, be more comfortable with themselves, um, you know, because that's all I want at the end of the day for other people is for everybody else to be happy. But I will most definitely call out people when they're they're being real, or you know, I'm engaging in my own happiness, but that's at the cost of other people's, You know? Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, just yeah.
1: Creating fucking chaos in other people's lives, and then being like, I'm a good person because I'm so self-aware. It's like, no. Well, maybe you are, but then that means you should also be aware of all of the fucking destruction you leave in your wake. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly and it's just it makes me wonder it's like are people just so bored with the mundaneness of their life and I don't know if it's a social media thing or whatever like they feel like they need to get involved in other people's shit to make their own existence feel more meaningful or whatever do you think that the pandemic had anything to do with it because I have my own opinions about that? I think the pandemic changed a lot of things. I mean, it did for me, but more or less when I came out of the pandemic, I it was more of a thing like, hey, I need to you know broaden my social network. Uh, I was alone for a long t- period of time. I was alone for it made me question the quality of my friendships, the quality of my life, like what I was doing. And when I came out the other side, I was just like, you know, I really need to establish more meaningful connections with people and really need to look at myself and look at what I've been doing and make a change. So I don't know. Other people, I think it was just like, oh, I'm bored. I've been isolated. When I get out of this, I'm going to cause I'm going to be a fucking whirlwind of destruction because I've been so bored and cooped up and I'm gonna get involved I'm gonna stick my freaking hand in a honey pot in a thousand honey pot jars or a thousand jars or whatever, whatever the analogy is.
1: Works. <laughs> I was picturing you putting your hand into a jar of honey and I was like, uh it's sticky. Oh no. <laughs> 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 totally uh, relates to the metaphor.
0: Yeah. I do want to um I was gonna talk about um and I think this kind of goes back to the the flake thing, because I remember when we were talking at the end of summer about just the amount of, and again, it's it it seems like this is mostly men. Like with women, it's like oh, well, or the female body people, it's like when you get matches, they send one word to you. That seems to be them, or. They just don't acknowledge you at all with men they either send nothing and just it drifts off to or they'll act like they're interested and then they drop off the face of the earth um so I, I do want to, I do want to tell the story of the ghost of koelak I don't think I've told you this yet and this i I mentioned earlier like the person that I matched with and like a few a few paragraphs into our conversation she asked if I thought she was attractive and I was like why the fuck does that matter but anyway, I recovered from that whole nonsense and I managed to connect with somebody who was into a lot of the same things i was she was like 40 years old we had we ended up talking on the phone this is where i went to utah and i was like hey when i get back to utah let's plan to do some fun stuff and she was like great everything was going perfectly and we were having we're, ta- she were talking she about books we were exchanging pictures and everything else like that and i get my hopes up and so i get back from utah and this is like at the end of april this year And I I, I reach out and I say, hey, do you want to go drive down like into Lewis County or whatever? Because there's a loop I like to go on in Lewis County. You and I all have to take it. Well, you've been on it. It's through Morton and uh, Elby and kind of around to my place. You've kind of been on that loop. But it's a cool drive. And there's places to go and walk and everything. And she's just like, oh, well, my dog is sick or something like that. And I have a dog, so I kind of understand. My, my dog doesn't get sick all the time, but granted, I get, I get people have issues. She had a golden retriever, and I know golden retrievers, as they get older, they have a plethora of health complications that come along. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But it's the thing of, like, I try to reschedule the next weekend. oh, no, I'm going to Seattle, I'll visit my friends. And at this point, I should have been, like, after two times of trying to reschedule, I should have been, like, you know, I need to wait for this person to get back to me and have her initiate, because this is the second time now, and I've been turned down. Mm -hmm. And, like I said, everything up to this point made me think that this friendship was going to happen, it was going to go somewhere, and I didn't, again, I didn't take the red flags, because I'm an idealist, I'm an, I'm a, I have a positive outlook most of the time, sometimes to my detriment, and I didn't see the red flags, and eventually, the next week after that, the weather was super nice, it was like, it was like a I think it was like the first 80 degree day of the year it was the end of April and I was like hey what are you doing she's like oh I'm going to the ocean I'm going to my favorite beach. I'm going to Kalalok would you like to come meet there and I was like hell yeah let's do it I was like it was a beautiful day I was like we're I'm going to the ocean I think this is about a month before I met you um and so I get up early in the morning and this time I was I think I got up like it seven o'clock or some shit like that because I want to get an early start because it's a three hour drive and I texted her in the morning I was like hey I'm on my way you know see you there she's like oh well you know I'll be starting she was going to be there like at 10 I was like oh I'll be a little bit late my dog is having stress colitis and stress colitis is basically apparently where a dog gets the shits or something like that and um, I was like all right whatever you know I was like I'm on my way you know, I'll see you there it's fine if you're a little bit late I'll be late too And didn't hear anything back, at least initially. I think I don't. I think either way, she was gonna go, and she ended up going to the beach. But what happened is, is she goes to Cape Flattery, which is I think near the uh, the the point of Washington, up by the uh, Nia Bay, that area, and that's where she was gonna stop. And then she was gonna meet me down at the campground. So I drive over three hours to go to Kaleilok which is by the Olympic National Forest and I get there and I send a text I don't hear anything back I'm like okay well maybe she's a little bit late and I waited about an hour drove back to where there was reception sent another text I'm like hey I'm at I'm at this place that we're supposed to be meeting at the campground that you said we're going to do like what's going on and this is after a three-hour drive And I just, I didn't want to admit the fact that, oh my God, I just did this entire trip for nothing. And like, thank God for therapy. And thank God that I've like grown as a human being. Because I would have just lost my shit if this was like three or four years ago. I would have just been like, oh my freaking God. I would have sent like a freaking hour long text message or voice message saying how big of a piece of shit this person was and how inconsiderate they were. And fact of the matter, it was inconsiderate. And it was unfortunate because this time Esther was in Germany. And it was like the middle of the night there, so I couldn't talk to her. Uh, my other friend, Jackie, who lives in Utah, she was doing work or something. Or she was at church or some freaking thing like that, so I didn't talk to her. So I was just like, I just spent three over three hours driving to get ghosted. And I didn't hear anything back from this person, so I drove my my ass home after, like... You know, I didn't get back until, like, 7 o'clock that night. And my mom was just, like... I, I told my mom about it. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry this happened, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, at this point, I was just numb. I Eventually, Esther got back to me, and she's just like, oh, my God, I am so freaking mad. This person... she's She's like... This is why Bumble needs reviews, so you could give her like a negative star and say how big of a piece of shit this person is. And Esther's like, you need to call this person up, blah, 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 blah. And at that time, I didn't have the energy, but I feel like this is, I don't understand from this person's perspective why they couldn't send me a text and be like, oh, I'm so sorry I couldn't make it. I didn't hear back from her for two two days later. When I was like, hey, you know, it's unfortunate it didn't work out, but I ended up making a day out of it and enjoying the time on the beach. She's like, oh, yeah, my dog was having problems. And it's like, well, you couldn't have sent something that afternoon? Like, I called you and left you messages and texts, which I know you got, and you didn't even bother to say, I'm sorry, that you had to drive seven hours round trip for me to just freaking ghost you
1: i'm like, sorry i don't mean to laugh no it's, to laugh at your it's funny
0: in hindsight like good job jules you're now the butt of a, a story that i'm going to tell everybody that i know well enough about the ghost of Kalaylock. congratulations you're now the butt of a great story and how not to be a piece of shit good job round of applause
1: round of applause for the lack of <clears throat> communication and accountability
0: yeah that's how everyone's going to know you that listens to this podcast or gets to know me as the ghost of Kalelock. So good job, Jules. Yay. To everybody who's listening, I'm just
1: going to put a fucking PSA out there. Please do not waste people's time. It is so fucking easy to take 30 seconds to write a text message or to call somebody. Or whatever, to send up a smoke signal, get the carrier pigeon in <laughs> yeah. the wind, you know, like, oh my goodness, <clears throat> we have so many different forms of communication where you don't have to look somebody in the eyes and see their disappointment that are, <sighs> sorry, <clears throat> I was drinking a soda. This is what happens when I drink freaking carbonated things, my, my body's like, oh, it tastes great, but oh my god. Um, anyways, like, what is the fucking point? What is the point? Like there is there is no excuse. And you know, I, I I have compassion for listen you know, hearing her side of the story and being like, oh well, you know, my dog was having problems. But girl, 30 seconds. It takes thirty seconds. I am a hundred percent sure that the whole seven hours that my girl out here was driving around that you were not doing mouth to mouth CPR with your dog. Like, what the fuck? like it is it is so it's so simple and easy to just send a text message hey i'm really sorry i can't make it today hey um i'm not actually able to make it out there you know i don't have gas money hey my dog is having medical issues and i'm concerned that i might have to take them to the vet you know there are inconceivable amounts of communication that you could have with these people but instead What you fucking chose to do was just be quiet. And me, personally, I've had experiences like that. I waited in a restaurant for three and a half fucking hours once. And girl, by the end of that time, I was pissed. I was fucking drunk. I was like, what is happening? Like, you could just text me and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to show up. But I was a sad bitch when I was doing that. Anyways, at that time, of my, I think I had just broken up with my um, my first fiancé. So I was 21. I was fresh to the, the adult bar scene and all that stuff. So I just sat in the bar and was sad and lonely and was like, Oh my God, are they going to show up? Are they even going to text me? <laughs> what does it say about me as a person? Like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, that, that's the thing too. I was just like... Pain.
1: like... Yeah, just... that's... Spare everybody else the pain and just, just send a, it's two, two, two words. Can't make it. No, three words. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I I don't get it. Like you knew I was driving there and you had ample time and don't tell me there wasn't any fucking reception because you could have even told me that night. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That's all you had to say. And it's just, you're a fucking coward. Honestly, you didn't want to deal with the negative repercussions of somebody driving out to meet your ass, spending seven hours round trip, and rather than say I'm sorry or I couldn't make it or my dog is sick, or oh, well I didn't have reception. Listen, you could have driven back to the gas station which is ten minutes away. There are the you're in western Washington. Like, go to Forks. Go anywhere. Cape Flattery there's a dozen different places, ten minutes away from where she was, I looked it up, where she could have got reception. But she didn't want to fuck around with that. She didn't want to deal with the fact that I'd be upset. So she was a coward and didn't say anything. And blamed it on yeah. reception and blamed it on her dog.
1: At, at the point, just take accountability. My goodness. We're all grown here. And, you know... <laughs> and... <laughs> I thought I had bad communication issues when I was a teenager with people you know where people would just not show up or not fucking text me back or whatever and as a young idealistic uh fucking uh uh positive mindseted person you know i was like it'll get better as i get older let me tell you what it does not your ability to cope with those kinds of things gets better um if you choose to do that work you know it's like people i used to say this a lot and that's just that people are disappointing and so that i myself am not disappointed in people so often i just i set my expectations pretty fucking low you know so that when when good things happen you know when really positive awesome fucking cool things happen i can be so happy and pleased right. and revel in the fact that things are awesome and that you know when things don't pan out in a great way I can also deal with that and be like, Hey, whatever, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, It is not that deep, you know, and there's, there's, there's so much work that you can do personally to be able to deal with that kind of stuff. But the reality of it is, is that other people really also need to be doing that work with themselves and people, (laughs) their work is time consuming and it's stressful and it's fucking annoying. And that's why I have rules for myself now. It's like if I don't hear from you for a few days and then when I do hear from you, there's not a reasonable explanation as to why you dropped off the face of the planet. Girl, bye. Yeah. I do not have time for that shit. You know, I will just be real and be like, you know what? Um, it was great talking to you. And I wish you luck. And that was one of the things that I knew when when I met my partner and, you know, he had to drop off the face of the planet for a couple of days because he was moving um, and he did not have the energy to have long form conversation. He fucking told me he was like, hey, I know we just met, you know, and we've been having this great conversation over this last week. But, you know, I've got shit I need to do. Um, And so, you know, we didn't really talk for a few days. And you know, as as long as I know what's going on, it's all good. Like yeah. think more, people. Think more. Think about how your fucking actions will roll down onto other people. You know, you don't constantly have to be aware of it, but when you do make plans with people and there's expectations of you, you can choose to let people down softly. Or you can choose to just fucking disappear. And I know which one I'm going to choose every single time. But that's just me. Because I like to be seen as reliable. I like to be seen as somebody who, even when things don't work out, you know, there's communication. Like yesterday between you and I, for example. You know, it's fucking 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, you know, I've got this. I'm going to film this podcast episode with Desi. And it's going to happen at 8. Um, and, you know, I also had other plans previously in the day that were supposed to happen. I was supposed to go out to lunch with a friend of mine. Um, you know, I was supposed to have my partner come over and, and as the day was progressing, I was communicating with people. You know, I called you up. I was like, Hey, D shit's happening. My internet is gone and I do not know why. And I'm trying to figure it out. And, you know, I will let you know when I figure out what's going on. And if I can't make it work, we're going to reschedule. And what did we do? We did exactly that. I ended up thankfully figuring out what the fucking problem was. But that, that's why you keep people in the loop. That's why you communicate with people so that everybody else knows what's going on and know what's, knows what to expect from their day because people's time is valuable. You know, your time is valuable, Desi. My time is valuable. My partner's time is valuable. You know, everybody who's in your life and and even the people who are not in your life, their time is valuable. So just try not to fucking waste it.
0: Exactly. And it's just my mom and my parents like taught me and this is what I don't get. I mean, I just assume this to be common courtesy, but apparently common courtesy is the most uncommon thing in the world nowadays. But it's like when you make plans with somebody, you follow through. Or you let them know you don't just drop off the face of the earth. If you are going to be late to something, let somebody know instead of just. It's like people just don't. Oh well, I don't want to upset the other person, or I don't want to fucking deal with it, so I am just gonna just not let them know and just ghost. Because when you ghost somebody and take them off your phone or whatever, you don't have to deal with any negative repercussions. You know, it's just it's it's cowardice. And I don't know if it's exclusive to this part of the country because it's like I've talked about this before with the Seattle freeze or whatever. It's just people don't like people don't want to make people are just so hard to get to know. They don't want to accommodate. They're just it's not that they're unfriendly. They're like polite or whatever, but it's just like vapid. Like there's nothing to the conversations or everything. They don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to expand their friend circle. They already have their established group of friends and they could give a fuck about anybody else. You know,
1: yeah, I think that's the best thing that we can do for ourselves in, you know, as you and I as individuals who like being around people and like having social interactions is, you know, having boundaries for ourselves too. you know, where it's like if this if this pattern of behavior continues for X amount of times, then I'm done, you know, because it's just going to be a waste of time. And it's unfortunate and it sucks, but it is sometimes the reality of the circumstance, you know. I have I, I do that very consistently nowadays. You know, when I was scrolling through the dating apps, going into the going back to the dating apps that we've talked about in this conversation, you know, if if I don't hear back from somebody for a few days, or if the conversation's really fucking boring, you know, it's just like I I know when to remove myself so that I can stop being annoyed.
0: <laughs> well, it's just like it's how much time do I want to invest? Uh, and that drives me nuts too. Like. I hate on these, like, when I don't have to use Bumble anymore, when I have my group of heart friends, I'm going to be so fucking happy to not have to use that damnable app or any of these fucking apps anymore, because I'm just so, It's it takes so much energy, and in this part of the country, like... I'll bring it up again. When I went to Florida, when I go to other parts of the country, when I, go to Germ- when I went to Germany, people like actually fucking talk to you. It's the craziest shit. You'll go into a restaurant, and people will fucking talk to you. You go, and you're in line waiting for something, and the person next to you will start up a conversation. Will that happen here? Fuck no.
1: <laughs> and the majority of the time, if they do, it's a crackhead looking for money, or asking for a cigarette, or something. You know, like and I I find that to be sad, too, because, you know, sometimes I'm that person who just be talking to people, you know, and (laughs) and I get strange looks still to this day where they're like, why is this? Yeah,
0: do I know you? What the fuck are you talking to me for? How dare you try to be social?
1: (laughs) My my favorite one is when I'm out in public and I'm by myself and I start a conversation with a woman and she says, I have a boyfriend and I'm like, girl great for you like if i you'd be surprised how often this happens and even when like okay so for example i met this um this woman at a at a pet store um i was looking for food for our kittens um because they were still very small and they needed you know pate and whatnot and so i went there and i i saw this very attractive woman and you know i was like hey she might not be interested in me, but she looks pretty cool. So I'm going to go talk to her. So I started up a conversation and then I asked her out for drinks. She was like, yeah, great. We made plans. I show up. And then she proceeded to talk about her partner for the
0: whole
1: Oh, years, my you know? God. And, you know, we hung out for I I, I remember this, this number very specifically. Because it was just short of an hour. It was 57 minutes. Um, you actually measured
0: it? Out. I fucking bad! Like,
1: I was like, girl, I'm going to look at my clock. Alright, it's 102.
0: It's like, you're just counting how long this person is just bitching about their partner. It's like, alright.
1: That's the thing, too, is that she wasn't even bitching about the man. She was just talking about the fact that she had a man. And I was just like, girl... I'm not here to have sex with you first off you know and (laughs) I got real with her at the very end because I was like I have to go Like, I'm done
0: with this shit
1: I actually (laughs) have other shit I need to do so I'm out deuces Um, but I I told her I was like hey you know this wasn't a date just so you know because she was talking about her man again and and this is the point in conversation where, you know, I had established what kind of dude this was. And then she started talking about their sex life and all this other stuff. Oh, and I'm God. like, all right, great. We're going to go here in this conversation. So I'm going to cut this off now. And I was like, you know, this wasn't a date. Like, I, I didn't ask you out here so that we could, you know, like establish whether or not we were going to be compatible or anything. And she was like, oh, um, great she was like that's awesome and i was like yeah no it's cool you know like i you you love talking about your partner and that's really great and you know i appreciate the fact that you're very open about your relationship you know i think that's a great communication style and then she she literally saw somebody that she knew on the street and she was like oh well i'm gonna go talk to that friend and i'll I'll hopefully (laughs) see you soon and i was like yeah Hopefully, we'll see one another soon. I not that uh, She texted me, like, once, and she was like, hey, do you want to go get drinks at a bar? Uh, I was like, fuck and no. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go listen to you drunkenly ramble about your man again. Oh no, my thank god. you. I am good. Honey, have a good night and get home safe. You know, <laughs> it's just like, god damn. So that's no, that's just... It's one of those things where it's like... I wonder about that, too. Because I, I've i I've spent a lot of time in Cali as a young person. Um, and, and everybody was social and talkative down there. So I don't know if it's just Washington. But I've lived here my whole life. And all this behavior is normal to me. So... <laughs> I just don't reciprocate that kind of behavior because it's tiresome for me.
0: Yeah, it's just... Um, it's like people are, you know... I would say polite or whatever, it's just but it's like nobody it's like if you have the gall to like start a conversation with somebody, it's like the get the weirdest fucking looks. Like it's like it's taking energy out of them to just like give one word responses and they just get fucking annoyed it seems.
1: Yeah. I know I get annoyed when I get one word responses.
0: Well yeah, unless it's it, like you're not even
1: for response that necessitates one word like are you going to be here soon? Yes. <laughs> Did you get gas on your way to the date? Yes.
0: Yeah. The only time I do one-word responses, it's if, like if I'm driving or something like that, and I can't afford to like sit and write a novel. But I mean, I will do that to you. <laughs> You'll
1: text me while I'm driving, and I will simply text you back, driving.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Uh, oh, I I wanted to ask because. <laughs> hmm. We're going back to the summer. You, you mentioned that guy um, that came over and you had that really good experience with and then just you showed me texts of these men who would be like, oh, my gosh, whatever. I, I really want to, you know, tr- I, I, they would send you all this shit like hot up in your stuff and then they would just like start sending one word responses and then just drop off the face of the earth. Like you, you copy and sent me texts about that. I remember, I remember we talked about this. Like, I think it was like the beginning of August or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then you had that good experience. You sent me a picture of that cute boy you came over and you did the stuff with. You were just really hopeful. And then he just fucking flat out just ghosted you. And you're just like, I am so fucking sick of this. What's and you were, dude, with a really big dick. that <laughs> one. Okay. I like, you don't even remember his name, you I just remember, remember his him. dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's how insignificant the person was to you. You just remember his dick. You remember his uh, yeah, no,
1: I just found the text messages in my phone. Yeah, Corey. Oh god, he was great. So wait, what what were you curious about?
0: So yeah, you had this experience with him and it was great, and you were you know over the moon about it. And, I, and I, I was happy because I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then you were like, oh, my God, he's not getting back to me. He's not sending me messages. He's just being a fucking flaky, flaky as shit. And that's the last i heard of that whole saga. And Actually, I don't think we talked about it in October. I think it pretty much ended or whatever because you were just like, listen, it was nice knowing you, but you clearly don't want to invest any time in this. And I'm not your your toy that you can just throw away when you know you don't need anything done or whatever, bye-bye. That's the last I heard of that whole saga.
1: Yeah, that was in October, on October 3rd. Because now I'm going through the conversation and remembering everything, and I'm like, oh, God, I was really caught up on that man. Yeah, you- no, I mean, essentially, what happened with that is it just, as most things do with me, when somebody goes quiet, they go quiet. Um, and, you know, I'll wait a few days, and if I don't hear anything back from them, then I'll send them a message. I'll be like, Hey, what's up? You know, what's going on? What are you up to this weekend? And then if I don't hear anything back again, then I'll wait another few days. I I give myself three. I put myself on a limit of three because after the second time is when after that, I will just send a message and be like, Hey, it was great to know you. Hope you're having a great week. You know, I'll deuces. I'll see you on the flip side. Um, And then the majority of the time, they will read the message and just not say anything.
0: And oh I'm my like, God. dude,
1: I'm like, and like, it was great. We had a great time. All that jazz, you know, consent was gr- given. We had a fabulous time together. Um, And, you know, if that's all it was meant to be, you could have just said something, you know, because like he was especially when people get into lines where they're like oh yeah i know we had a really great time i'd actually really like to do this with you again because you're you know you're really experienced and you really read my body language or whatever you know i've i've heard everything under the sun desi where it's like you're super great at what you do and you're fabulous and blah, 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 and you're great you got a fat ass and i can't wait to fuck you the next time i see you and i will see you later and then I never see him again, or or better yet, I never hear from him again. And I'm like, yo, why bother pulling out all the game, you know, giving me all this, you know, all these positives and, you know, girl, you're so sexy, you're so hot, you know, you work the dick like a fucking pro. And I'm like, I know, I'm good at what I do. So maybe come back next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what and my current partner is the one person in the last year you know since i fucking broke up with my ex last year who came back and who keeps coming back
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> why he's my partner is because you know he's a great guy um you know and it's like he's real with me he talks with me when we have to re-reschedule, or when we have to reschedule, we reschedule You know, it's like consistent communication, y'all. If you want meaningful fucking relationships with the majority of the time, you hear these men on the fucking TL and on the YouTube channels and, you know, the podcast streets, and they're like, I just want somebody who's loyal to me. Oh, my God. And who, you know, wants to spend time with me and, you know, all this other shit. And I'm like, you guys are still out here dogging in the streets. And telling people all the things that they want to hear. And then just fucking disappearing. Like, spare me the bravado. Spare me the fucking, you know, whatever. If you want to come over and just get a nut, just say that shit. Because then I can be like, great, I have time on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Be over here. I'll blow your fucking mind and then you can leave. You don't have to stay for dinner. We don't have to go out for drinks afterwards. You can get it and go. And we can be done. (laughs) And everybody will have a great time. I I just... I'm so glad that you don't have to deal with that, D. Because, girl, that shit is just like... Fuck. It is... It's hard out here in these streets, girl. And so I feel you. I feel your frustrations. I really do. Well,
0: it's <laughs> like that's the thing with men is they'll just talk like all this fucking hot game of just they'll tell you yeah. anything you want to fucking hear and get your hopes up and make you feel good about yourself and then they just fucking disappear like flash powder, like freaking snow in a desert. It's just like, oh my God, I know. It, it's wild. And everyone I talked to about, even my mom I talked to about, she's like, Yeah, men'll do that. Even back in her day, men were doing the same shit. Talking up all this fucking game, making her feel good about herself, and then they either fuck around or disappear.
1: Yeah. It's just easier to get caught now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I can see that you read my message, dumbass. You can't be like, "Oh, I didn't see
0: your
1: you had you had to tap on the app to then tap to our conversation to read the fucking message for that thing to be there. Don't try like we're not stupid out here. we know what's going on
0: or, or no, the, the best and you showed me this one time like I got do this too is the drunk texts, like oh, oh yeah, God. you're the most amazing person ever all I can't wait, I'm so lonely i wanna I wanna be with you, and then it's just like will you come over will you come <laughs> over?"
1: Wait no! Don't come over. I'm too drunk. And it's like what? I thought you were texting me, wanted me to come over because you were drunk.
0: Oh, you're the most amazing person ever. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like then the next day, it's like nothing.
1: Yeah. I'm like shit. I wonder if I'm ever going to hear from this one again.
0: <laughs> no, it's like they wake up and they're like, oh fuck, what did I put it? In- what did I do on my phone last night? And they see their messages and they're like, oh fuck. Well, you know. I don't want to deal with the repercussions of how I fucked up last night and got drunk and sent out a bunch of shit and called my mom or whoever the fuck else, so I'm just going to pretend like it never happened and move on with my life and everything to be peachy fucking keen.
1: No, it's hello. I, I have one more story before I, I'm going to have to cop out for time, because um, I need to go get something to eat. Girl, this conversation has made me fucking hungry and not for the things you might think it would. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I uh, I told you you know this about me. So just for the viewers for context, um, I lived in a house in um, South Seattle for two years. Uh, it was a it was a big furry house. There were like seven of us living together, and it was all men, right? And girl, the shit I would hear, they would be getting they'd be getting stoned in the fucking garage. Be texting all these men, be going out with all these men, be going to sex parties, you know, living the, the crazy, furry Seattle life. And then they would come back the next day and be like, oh my God, what did I do last night? Oh God. Like, who are these people who are texting me? I was, oh shit, there's pictures <laughs> of me in the chat. What the fuck? Like,
0: <clears throat> oh my God.
1: Craziness, nasty work. You know, just like, oh, my God. And, and, and uh, you know, all for the sex and and getting the dick and, you know, going out having these crazy experiences and then being on the flip side, being on the, you know, as somebody who's had that happen to them, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm watching the other side of this equation in real time. You know, they're waking up the next morning hungover as fuck and they're like, oh, my God, who was I? Oh, wow. I was fucking that person holy shit, like, they're really hot, and,
0: uh, I don't know how to deal with this now. See, I don't get how, I don't know if it's just me getting, well, it's me, it's ace, and also me getting older, and, like, me not, I don't, I don't understand how people so fuck, fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how people fuck when they're drunk, like, I guess I don't understand how people fuck in general, but, like, add being drunk on top of it, it's just, like, how? It's, uh,
1: I don't know. Girl, it's it's too much. It is too much. I, I'm 28, and my years of drunk, crazy sex are well behind me. You know, like, I had a number of those with my last fiance, and it was great at the time, but I always wake up the next day going, oh my god. What did I do? I drank, and then I had physical activity for two hours? No! Why? Like, it could have just been the two hours. We had a great time, but I had to be fucked up while it was happening. No. Yeah, checking that off in the not doing that tomorrow category.
0: Yeah, it's. Oh my god. It's funny now. Like, when I drink, it's like I just go and play video games, and then I wake up the next morning and I looked up I'm like, man, I sure fucked up this campaign that I started. Holy shit. Like,.
1: <laughs>
0: what was I doing? Yeah, that's
1: that's twice that's. <laughs> I four hours. It's like I don't
0: send like dick pics or fucking naughty chats <laughs> when I get drunk. I just fuck up. I fuck up RTS campaigns and kill my characters. And wow, like oh wow, I'm real exciting God. when I get fucking drunk. now
1: Desi, Desi, that's <laughs> just the real of what happens. Is they they be going out there doing the side quests and shit. And then waking up the next day and be going, I was on a side quest all night. What are you talking about? <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, it was like, I wake up the next morning yeah, nowadays.
1: head's in shame.
0: I'm like in the middle of the ocean and all my gear is broken. That's what happens when I yeah. get drunk now.
1: <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. How the fuck did I end up here?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
1: Well thank you so much for having me on. I've just had a fucking blast with you today.
0: I know it's we go for almost two and a half hours. It's crazy.
1: Oh shit. I'm just looking at the clock. It's like three twenty.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, it's funny because most of my episodes are like thirty to forty minutes, and this is like a two and a half hour one.
1: <laughs> oh God! I mean, you could break it down into parts. I don't. Care. No, no,
0: I'm doing the whole thing. That's this all is all to you. This is like the bona fide Ace in the Wild podcast. Podcast that people can like start at the start of a trip and drive halfway across the state. <laughs> It'll still be going. We're doing it live. We're doing it. We're we, we're doing it's the actual a
1: raw, uncut conversation between the D&D D.
0: yeah the D&D
1: D. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness
0: okay bye, sweetie all right love you thanks for coming on
1: thank you so much for having me on and I love you too sweetheart all
0: right bye bye now bye Thank you all for listening for this episode of Ace in the Wild. I do apologize for some of the audio issues. I had to use OBS, which as many of you know is not a audio recording software, so some of the recording might be choppy, there might be some feedback, and I also had to alter my own mic because I was substantially louder than Diana, and when I talked really loud or got really excited, it got pitchy and got a little bit screechy. So I do apologize for any audio issues. But I plan to do this again in the future, and I talked to some friends, and I know the proper recording software and how to do it now. This was sort of a fly-of-the-moment thing. I saw something online that it would be easy using Audacity, and lo and behold, it was not as easy as I expected. But anyway, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed this. This was a very, very fun episode for me to do, and I love Diana to pieces, and I wanted to thank her again for coming on. Anyways, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and rest of your day, and I will see you on the next one. Peace.